Hey, Larry here. Acts 29 today. Coming to you from the Acts 29 Today World Headquarters, Chiang Mai, Thailand, where it is sunny and warm again. I want to thank you for tuning in today, and uh, we will continue on here with uh, the purging and mortification part of uh, what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and last week we uh, we covered some uh, some very important stuff, and like I said before, you know it's a subject that I <laughs> we don't enjoy purging and mortification, but it's uh, it's it is what it is, and it has to be. So. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, waking up the conscience uh, being the first step. So we just accept it. We can't be uh, charged up and edified in our spirit man without also undergoing a purging process in your life. It is impossible to rise upward in God without cutting off the things that are holding you down. So the first thing the Holy Spirit does is you keep praying in tongues is to wake up your conscience. It becomes much more difficult to do fleshly things that you used to do. For instance, if someone makes a cutting remark to you, you just smile and praise God for his deliverance. And you think, I wouldn't have done that last year. I would have slapped him out of his shoes. Something has changed. Well, that's the edification process at work. When the Holy Spirit wakes up your conscience to something you're doing wrong, that means he is there with the power to put it to death. When you add your faith and begin to resist it, mortification takes place, and the Holy Spirit cleanses you from that thing. That is edification. Now let's talk a little bit about the things that are in darkness and how they're revealed. At the same time these mysteries and secrets are revealed to your understanding, the Holy Spirit also casts a brilliant light on spiritual roadblocks that are hidden in darkness. Those sins, faults, and shortcomings that keep you from producing a hundredfold harvest of God's plan for your life. And you remember in Mark, uh, Mark 4, 20 and 22, it says, And these are they which are sown on good ground, that hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, sixty, some a hundred. And then he said, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? So, Jesus calls me good ground if I receive God's word, both the written word and the mysteries of his personal plan for my life, and then bring forth the fruit of that word, 30, 60, and 100 fold. <clears throat> then Jesus asked the question about the candle. Is it lit to be put under a bushel or under a bed? And of course the answer is no, 
Can a lighted candle be brought into a dark room without shining its light on that which is hidden in darkness? No. So is the word of God given to you not to understand? Absolutely not. Then Jesus said in verse 22, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest or made visible, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should not come abroad. So in other words, when the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate your spirit by the Word of God, it is like walking into a dark room with a lighted candle. Every obstacle in the room that is hidden in darkness will be revealed by the light. Jesus happens to be talking about your life. He happens to be talking about uncovering the things hidden in darkness that are preventing you from producing a hundredfold walk. The candle, the candle of your spirit was lit when you were born again, and you cannot pray in tongues without causing that lit candle to burn brighter and brighter. That, my friend, is when the internal war begins. Why? Because the flesh doesn't like its deeds exposed to the light. The flesh is just like those little cockroaches that live in cheap motels. When the light is turned on, they scurry for cover because they love to be hid in the darkness. So it is with your flesh. I guarantee you, your flesh isn't going to want to get rid of everything that the Holy Spirit shines his light on. Uh, now we need to talk a little bit about inward transformation before outward change. And this is, this is very, very important. Because most people who start praying in the Spirit, they, uh, they give up and stop before there's any real noticeable results. And the reason they do that is because they were looking for their answers in the wrong place. So somebody gets excited about praying in tongues and they lock themselves away for an hour a day and they and they pray in tongues and <clears throat> because they come into this with quite a number of issues you know that have to be dealt with but they don't care because they found a way that is going to take care of every problem and everything is going to be different now so a month goes by and this believer is praying in tongues an hour every day, and then no change happens, and two months go by, and no change, three months. And now he's out looking on the horizon. So what is he looking for? Well, he says, you know, I put my time in. I've been praying in tongues for three months. If anyone should receive an answer, it's me. So what this man is really doing is he's out looking for the spectacular and missing the miraculous. In other words, he's expecting God to answer the mysteries he has prayed out in tongues by changing his outward circumstances in some magnificent way. Meanwhile, he is oblivious to the miraculous work of the Holy Ghost that is taking place on the inside of him. And so, you know, 
people just think that, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to pray in tongues for a little while, and then, you know, all my problems are going to go away, and uh, everything's going to be wonderful. Well, many people make the same mistake that this man did. They pray in tongues looking for outward circumstances to suddenly change, but they miss where the supernatural transformation actually takes place in their spirit. And too often, they give up before God can finish working in them the most important changes of all. So they keep looking for the spectacular, but miss the miraculous. I heard an illustration once like this. You know, when a, when a nuclear bomb goes off, everybody looks at the cloud. You know, they look at that big cloud plume cloud that rises up and and you know makes the circular things a couple times and and so everybody's looking at that cloud but the power of that nuclear blast is not in the cloud it's in the, it's in the fire and the wind that's traveling across the ground at the speed of sound that's that's where the destruction comes from. That's where the power is. But they're looking at this other, and, and, and they're missing where the power is really being manifested. And so that's kind of what, you know, what happens in this. So remember that praying in tongues is like any other prayer. It's designed to be answered. But because it is our human spirit doing the praying... It is also our spirit man receiving the answer to our prayers. So let me show you how the spirit man receives the answers, the answer to mysteries prayed out in the Holy Spirit. So let's say that that there's many people who get excited about praying in the spirit. But after a few weeks of not seeing any change on the outside, they give up. But there's there's one person left who keeps his commitment to pray in tongues every day. So after several months of praying in, in tongues, gradually something very miraculous begins to take place on the inside of him. Something happens to his insight into the Word. Scriptures he never understood before become alive. In casual conversation with his friends, he can suddenly explain verses that used to be a mystery to him. When people come to him with their problems, he wonders, why don't they do this or that? Because it all seems so clear to him. This man is experiencing the effect that praying in tongues has on his spirit. He is experiencing the way God answers this kind of prayer. And in this same way, your spirit can begin to receive wisdom and direction to fulfill God's special plan for your life. You can develop a kind of no-so whereby you just somehow know what God wants, even though at times you don't know how you know. Now, all of this doesn't mean that noticeable results won't begin to show up in the external circumstances. They absolutely will the most unexpected, incredible things will begin to take place. God will work in your job, your family, and in your body. Friends and loved ones will notice the difference in you as faith and assurance begin to radiate and flow 
from your life. I've seen many miracles take place as a result of persevering in prayer in the Holy Ghost. But first, faith must, must come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And as insight into the Word begins to increase, so does the purging process. That transforms a person from the inside out. Then, according to God's divine order, outward circumstances begin to line up with the changes that have already occurred in the hidden man of the heart. And so, uh, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a real commitment when you commit to start praying in the spirit. Because sometimes, you know, it'll take six months of prayer before you'll even begin to want to talk with the Holy Spirit about some of these things that are hidden in darkness. It'll take that much time for you to be edified to the place to where you'll begin to really want to deal with some of these hidden things that you might have not thought were important, but they're actually holding you back from a hundredfold walk. And so, you know, people go, well, you mean to tell me you want me to pray for six months? <laughs> well, this, this isn't just any kind of prayer. You know, this isn't trying to get up early in the morning and pray in English or whatever your language is, you know, for an hour, and it's so difficult to do. No, we're not talking about that kind of prayer. This is prayer in the Spirit. You know, you can do it anywhere at any time, and, you know, it just becomes a habit. I mean, the Word of God says praying always in the Spirit. Uh, prayer is something that, that God really, you know, wants us to do all the time. And, and the only prayer we can do all the time is praying in the Spirit. So, it, it isn't a short-term thing. It's not a 50-yard dash. It's a, it's a lifelong run. And, and so, when you commit to praying in the Spirit, it's just something that, that you're going to not only begin to do, but you're going to continue to do and, and it's going to become a habit and addiction for the rest of your life because we need to be edified every day. Redeem the time for the days are evil. Well, I think we all agree the days are evil. So what's one of the best ways we can redeem the time? Redeem means to turn into something of value. So what's one of the best things I can do to turn my time into something of value? Well, while I'm waiting at the dentist office, I can pray in the Spirit. While I'm waiting in the grocery line at the checker, and the lady in front of me has got 102 coupons, I can pray in the Spirit. When I'm waiting for my wife while she's looking at everything in the store, I can pray in the Spirit. While I'm driving my car or my motorbike, I can pray in the Spirit. 
there's so many places that people stand around looking at their dumb phone and they could be praying in the spirit or they could have their earbuds in listening to a Bible app on their phone and listening to the Word of God. So, uh, you know, this is for this is for serious people. This is for people that are desperate. They're desperate for change. They're desperate to want to move on and break through and break out in life and actually fulfill God's plan for their life. And, you know, if you think that's just an easy thing to do, uh, it's not. Because when you start praying in the Spirit, the devil is going to come out in full force. And he's going to fight you with everything he has. Because he doesn't understand what's being prayed out, so he doesn't know how God's going to line things up for you to fulfill his purpose in your life. So he's at a great disadvantage. But we have to continue in prayer. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be released in our life and in our outward circumstances. The question isn't, is the power going to come? The question is, when is the power going to come? Because yes, the power will come. That's guaranteed. The question is, do we have the guts to hang in there in prayer until it does? <clears throat> and we break through. Uh, you know, so six months of praying in tongues is nothing. I I entered into another time of, of uh, praying in tongues as much as I possibly can. Uh, and now it's been about a year and a half ago that I entered into this new season of, of really praying as much as I can again in the Spirit. So it's been a year and a half, and I haven't, I haven't seen any great outward changes yet, but there have been tremendous changes on the inside of me. And the enemy has come out and fought me with many different things uh, that the Holy Spirit has been trying to just take out of my life. And I'm in agreement with those things. And they weren't all things that I thought I needed to get rid of or, or wanted to get rid of. But I, I see them now as things that were hindering my walk. And so I'm in agreement to get rid of these things. But the enemy is, has come out, and, and whatever weakness there is in your life, whatever area that is, that maybe has been there since you were a small child, or you remember has been an area of your life that you struggled with since you were a, 
a kid, a teenager, whatever, and it has dogged you your whole life, that is exactly where the enemy is going to come and keep pounding away at every day. Boom, 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 boom. He's going to keep pounding in that area of weakness. So, you know, the only way to deal with that is the word is like a hammer that breaks a stone. So we just, we just double down on the word and keep that word coming and, and praying in the spirit and uh, doing some fasting and whatever we have to do. And we just keep doing it <clears throat> and keep doing it. And eventually your spirit will rise above that, that flesh issue and uh, the Holy Spirit will put that thing to death even if it's been there for a lifetime. I guarantee that it will happen. So, uh, be encouraged, man. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. You won't hear this on Sunday morning in the buildings around the world. I'll guarantee it. And very few, that is. Okay? So, I want to thank you for tuning in this week to the Acts 29 Today Broadcast, Godcast, Podcast. Intro music and exit music is provided by J.B. and Osbert, my Haitian friends who live in Florida. See you next time. God bless. <laughs>